amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. One. But I'm working out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is my on man, the phone. Here we by Betfred Sportsbook, it is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. And when I tell you we got a fun, different episode of the Aerator Sports Podcast, here is what you need to know about today's show. We're going to open, actually, with the biggest story in sports. Not often I lead with golf. I think there's only been one other time. It was when the Live Golf Tournament or event was formed. The Live Golf Tour, I guess is what we call it. Well, with the biggest story in sports being that Live Golf PGA merger, you know Torres had to dust off his golf takes because I got a lot to say about that one. From there, we're going to take a quick break. I saw a very interesting story on college sports and NIL. And I'm starting to wonder, is this NIL bubble about to burst. Is the money going to flow forever or do we have proof that it's starting to slow down? And then finally, so we've talked a lot of big 12 expansion on this show. I will not be doing it today, but in a story about big 12 expansion, Dennis Dodd from CBS put out a report that if UConn were to leave for the big 12, Dan Hurley would leave too. And he is not behind it. I'm here to tell you it's hogwash, but I'm going to give you what I know and why that story is just nonsense. So busy show, loaded show, couple scheduling announcements before we get to the live golf stuff. One, I'm actually traveling this week. So right now, this is the plan as is. Thursday, what I'd like to do is a mailbag show. I have about five, six really good questions, but I want you guys and girls, go ahead and send in your questions. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, drop a question or two in the comments below the best questions will get answered, and we will do a, a, a Q&A mailbag segment show for Thursday. And then Friday, I've mentioned a few times, we are doing a NBA draft profile series on the College Hoops Daily podcast. I'm going to go ahead and bring over one of those episodes. Zach Kroll and myself will be breaking down some of the NBA draft storylines. So make sure to pay attention. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to download. I should mention, by the way, If you're not subscribed on YouTube, just surpassed 23K. This is the goal. Can we get to 30K? 
before the start of college football season. I think we can. I need your help. Make sure to subscribe. If you are subscribed, tag a friend. If you if you already tagged a friend, tag another one. Trying to get to 30K before college football season and 50K before the end of college football season. I think we can do it, but I cannot do it without your help. So make sure to subscribe. All that good stuff. With that said, though, let's not waste any more time and let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, let me just say this. Sometimes the topic of the day, it's a it's a Torres special. Maybe it's not something that's really a mainstream national story. Today, we are hitting the biggest story in sports. And I will say, this is one of the things that I do enjoy about this time of year with this show. It's a little quieter. There's not as much to react to. So we get to hit on some different topics that we might not otherwise. And so I want to talk live golf. I want to talk PGA Tour merger because there isn't a bigger story in sports. And I'll be blunt. I don't think there's a more fascinating story as well. And so by now, you guys and girls know the deal. It's ironic. I've talked golf once on this show, and it was when PG, when when the Live Tour was started last summer. I said I thought the PGA Tour could be in trouble, and apparently to a degree I was right because on early Tuesday, you guys and girls know the story. I'm not going to get into too many details, but there was an announcement that the PGA Tour is going to merge with the Live Saudi-backed golf tour. And so it sent the internet in a frenzy. It was a wild story. And really, frankly, when I saw it, I had two very quick reactions. The first one, I didn't believe it was true. I saw a report and I clicked it and I didn't know to believe it. And then I saw another report and then I saw another report. Then I saw an official announcement from the PGA and I was like, oh, this is real. But then my second thought was, man, oh man, oh man, somebody is going to be really mad. It's either going to be all of those players who signed up for the Live Golf Tour to get some astronomical amount of money, the Phil Mickelson's, Brooks Kepkas, Bryson DeChambeau's, et cetera. If they ain't getting their money, they're going to be mad. Or it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be all those guys that stuck with the PGA Tour that were so noble, were not taking the Saudi money, all that good stuff, that got screwed out of hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, Fast forward, and we found out the answer. As best I can tell, Phil's keeping his money. Brooks Kepka's keeping his money. Bryson DeChambeau is keeping his money. And it's the Rory McIlroy's, the Tiger Woods's, the guys that turned it down that got screwed. Because guess what? You know who's now basically funding the PGA Tour? It's a little bit of hyperbole, but it's basically the Saudis and Live Golf. And so I have a lot of reactions, but I really, I guess my biggest reaction is to go back to when this started and to share my emotions then and explain why they haven't changed now. Because when this all started a year ago, we all know that there were two very, very polarizing reactions to this. You either said, guys, go get your bag, go get paid. Or you said, if you're going to take Saudi oil money, you're the evilest person that ever lived. And I would never do that. And I would never, no, 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 would never do it. Can't do it. The Saudis have done some evil things. And I said, it's the one instance where it's not that I don't have a strong opinion, but it is an instance where I see both sides. When I come on this show, I like to have one strong, straightforward opinion, and that's it. That's the end of the story. This is where I stand on this topic, and that's where I stand on that topic. But what I said about Live Golf was really it kind of tugged on the heartstrings of like human emotion. And what I said a year ago was, was two things. I said, one, I never tell a person how to feel. 
So if you're somebody that is very anti-live golf, that I would never take the money, that I would never do this, that's your right, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to say that you're wrong for that opinion. What I have also said repeatedly through the years, though, I do not in life on this show and certainly in sports stand on any sort of moral high ground. I've said it before. I think it's in terms of, of people being allowed to make a living, if you're not in jail, you deserve to be allowed to make a living. I said that when Michael Vick got out of jail, even though I wasn't doing this podcast at the time. Disagree with what Michael Vick did. Thought it was disgusting. That doesn't mean that he's not allowed to make a living. Said it with Rick Pitino. If you don't, if you don't want to hire him for your school, that's fine. But I have no problem with St. John's hiring him or Iona hiring him. Same with Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Same with Chris Beard at Ole Miss. If your school doesn't want to hire them, I don't blame them. But I'm also not going to criticize Ole Miss, Auburn, St. John's, whoever for hiring Michael Vick, the Philadelphia Eagles for signing him. And it's kind of the same with morality outside. Like, like I'm never going to criticize uh, uh, somebody for hiring somebody. But then I'm also never going to criticize somebody for potentially taking life-changing money. Listen. I'm a capitalist, okay? You know, we're going to talk about NIL on this show. We're going to talk about contract extensions on this show, all that good stuff. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. If somebody offered me $100 million, if if the Saudis offered me $100 million or $200 million, life-changing generational wealth to sponsor this show, oh, oh, we're, we're taking that Saudi money. And so again, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just I don't get on moral high grounds when it comes to this stuff. What I will say though, the one thing that bothered me when this all came out, I didn't like the people that took the moral high ground. I'll say this. I don't blame anybody. If you listen, let, let me give you an example. Tiger Woods never really addressed this. He was offered a mega deal. I think it was $900 million. He just said, no, thank you. And it was never a conversation. What I didn't like though, was guys like Roy McElroy taking the moral high ground that the guys that took the money were evil, that the guys that took the money were awful, that this, that that, that this, that that. Roy McElroy is not perfect, and I'm not saying I know him, but he also has a deal with Nike. We all know the stories about Nike, where his shoes are made, how much the people that make his shoes are getting paid. We all know potentially, you know, children are making those shoes. We know there's probably not a workers union at the 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 store uh, the the factory that those shoes are getting made. And so that's where my problem is. If you just are against it, and it's not for you, that's one thing. But if you're going to be outspoken, whew, you better be a perfect person. And I know Roy McElroy isn't. And by the way, it's the same with the media who covers it. Listen, I'm in the media. I get it. Like I said, I never judge anyone that I cover for taking advantage of a financial opportunity that is going to change their family's life. And so I didn't blame them. But these media people, that oh my goodness, these people are evil. How could you take it? I will quit this. You know, they, you know, like, like we literally had like two weeks ago, live golfer shouldn't even be shown on the masters. Live golfer shouldn't even be shown on the PGA championship. Live golfer shouldn't be able to compete for their countries in the Ryder cup. It's like, I don't care if you disagree, but don't try to force your morals on us. If we either agree or understand. And so that's really my stance. And now very quickly, before we get to the rest of the show, kind of want to talk about some winners and losers of, of, of Tuesday's live golf decision. First of all, the winners, the players who went to live golf. And I told you this a year ago, I said, 
I don't blame him at all. Because if you remember even a year ago, there was no, the way things were structured, these players would not be allowed to play on the PGA tour, but the U S open is run by the USGA. The masters is run by the Augusta, whatever. Um, the British open is run by whatever, but all the live golfers were still allowed to play in the majors. And so I said a year ago, this is another reason why if I was a live golfer or if I was a golfer, I'd have to consider the money. It is because you can take a huge bag and still be eligible for all the majors. Well, what happened this year? Brooks Kepka won the freaking PGA championship and he also almost won the masters. So the biggest winners are the guys that took the bag because they took the bag. They took the money. They got generational wealth. And now guess what? Now they're just back on the PGA tour and it's happened. I think the other winners, two other winners are obvious. One are the fans. I don't think 99% of golf fans care where the turn, like, let me even rephrase. There are probably like 10, 12 players that matter in golf. And you want to see all of them competing at the same spot. I can like or dislike Rory McIlroy, but he's one of them. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm on the PGA Tour, but then also Brooks Koepka, uh, Dustin Johnson, Brooks, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed. So now golf fans win because all those guys are back on the course together competing against each other, and we don't have to worry about who's going to be allowed in this event. Is this guy not going to be allowed? What about that guy? What about this event? What about this course? What about that state? Are they going to allow live golfers? That's over. We don't have to worry about it. I'd also say for the low-tier golfers on the bottom of the PGA Tour that never left, and I'm not talking about Tiger Woods. I'm not talking about Rory McIlroy. I'm talking about some of the guys that you've never heard of. They have been become big winners as well, and you know why? It's because the threat of live golf, you know what it did? It increased the prize pool for the PGA turn, or the PGA, the PGA events. The prize pool went up over the last six months because of the threat of live golf. The PGA basically decided we have to give these players a bigger cut than what we're giving them, or we're going to lose all of them. So now those second tier players, and I don't know purses, and I'm far from an expert. But now all of a sudden there's more money in PGA golf and there is way more money for uh, now that the Saudis are officially backing it. Finally, let me say this. I think there's really only one loser or group of losers. And that's the guys that turn down all that money from live golf to stay with the PGA tour and did it on a moral high ground. And again, I'm not here to tell you if you didn't want to take the money that you're wrong for doing. But what I will say is that I do think there is a very important lesson to learn here for not only Rory McIlroy, not only all the golfers that stayed. I think Colin Morikawa tweeted out something that he found out about this merger on Twitter. And I do think there's a very interesting lesson to learn for those guys and you guys and girls listening at home. That lesson your employers really don't care about you. And your employers are always going to do what is best for them, what's best to line their pockets, what will make them the most money. And the second that their job is at stake, they're going to throw you under the bus. And the second that they have an opportunity to take more money to benefit themselves, they are going to do it. And so I bring it up because, listen, I can criticize Rory McIlroy for some of the things that he said, but he went to bat for the PGA Tour. He went to bat for all things that he thought was right and why this is the right decision and why this has to happen and why this needs to go down the way that it is. And his own employer, his own governing body, 
the people that ultimately have created a livelihood for him basically stabbed him in the back for being loyal to them. And so I'm not saying Roy McIlroy is wrong for staying. Same with Tiger, same with whoever. What I am saying, though, is there's a very valuable lesson to learn here. PGA Tour really didn't care about Roy. PGA Tour doesn't care about Tiger. PGA Tour doesn't care about Scotty Scheffler. PGA Tour doesn't care about John Rahm. PGA Tour cares about making the most possible money for everybody, starting with the suits up top, including Jay Monahan, who runs this whole thing. And so Roy McIlroy, you could tell the last couple weeks, his tone on live has started to change. I saw a press conference on Tuesday from the PGA Championship where he was asked about live. They said if he had, you know, he had been so outspoken for so long. And then they asked him, what do you think the future for live golf is if you had a crystal ball? And his response was, well, I don't have a crystal ball. And they asked him again. He said, I don't have a crystal ball. What do you want? And it was clear that he knew something was probably in the works. So I don't really feel bad because all the moral high horse stuff. But I will say, like, to have your organizations back, to believe in something good, and to have them stab you in the back, just be careful. Not saying you should go quit your job today, go run into your boss's office. Please don't do that. But just be very, very, very careful being too loyal because your employer, it ain't loyal to you. So I'm going to do take a quick break, come back. When I come back, we're going to talk some college sports because some interesting stuff out of the NIL world. There is a situation that I think is proving that NIL money that everybody was getting a, a cut of, much like that Saudi money, that NIL money might be starting to dry up. Take a quick break. Be right back. All right, we're getting back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. The NBA playoffs are here and nobody has you covered quite like Betfred. By now, you know Betfred's story. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,200 shops in the UK. They have since come to the United States and made a major splash. They are not only the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres podcast and all things Aaron Torres media, but also the Cincinnati Bengals, the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos. And what I love about Betfred Sportsbook is that nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. You've seen the Betfred Sportsbook suite at Bengals games. It is hopping. We have sent listeners of this show to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitches at Colorado Rockies games. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred Sportsbook does. And here is what they are doing for the NBA playoffs. How about this for a deal? Bet $50 on any game, all playoffs long, get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app, bet $50 on any game. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, here is what else Betfred does for you. They're going to give you up to $200 in insurance for the first five weeks that you're a Betfred customer. So, Maybe you make a bad pick. We all do. We've all been there. Trust me. You followed my picks in March Madness. It happens. So you bet 200. Doesn't work out. Get 200 insurance for the first five weeks that you are a Betfred customer, equating up to $1,111 in free bets thanks to Betfred. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred does. Love working with them. They are the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres pod. Tell them Torres sent you. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app right now.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right, everybody. I'm back. Going to be back. Going to be back. Do want to switch gears. And I want to talk about the topic that is just a never-ending, always-evolving conversation in college sports. No, thankfully, we're not talking about realignment. Although, I guess, in theory, we might be to end the show. But instead, what I want to talk about is those three magic letters, NIL. NIL, ever-evolving, constant. It is on everybody's mind. Everybody's trying to separate fact from fiction. What's the truth? And figure out both where this thing is and where it's going. You know how I know we're trying to still figure it out? Because Nick Saban, yes, the head coach of Alabama football, was literally meeting with Congress on Tuesday to try to explain to them why the importance of having national across-the-board legislation. Now, I'm not going to talk about that because it sounds really boring. Frankly, might be a little bit over your boy's head. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a congressman. I'm not this. I'm not that. Surprise, surprise. But what I will say is I have seen two very interesting stories over the last couple of days that have made me start to think and made me start to wonder if the NIL bubble might be about to burst. If NIL, as we know it, where it's just a cash grab, everybody's donating everything they can to make sure their school is competitive. If that era is about to come to an end, and if we are about to see a different era going forward, I think the answer is yes. And there are two different stories that have kind of come out back to back that make me realize. And to explain the stories, what I want to do is I want to go back to the first couple days of NIL in the summer of 2021. If you remember July 1st, 2021, that was when NIL was just a thing. It went from can't pay college athletes can't take a free cheeseburger to pay them, whatever. We can't stop you. And so it's evolved since then. But before all the stuff that we know now, the collectives, um, you know, quarterbacks making millions of dollars allegedly out of high school. Um, Texas A&M, what they're accused, whatever, every story that you've heard about NIL, you go back to those early days, everybody was trying to figure it out. And there were two very interesting stories that came out back then that have come to a conclusion over the last couple weeks. The first one, I remember talking about this, or I remember at least writing about it at Aaron Torres online. It involved BYU football and BYU football on August 12th, 2021, because I looked it up before I did this segment. They came to an agreement with a company, a local company called Built Brands, which is kind of a power bar, protein bar company in which every single player at BYU was going to get an NIL deal. 
and it was a cause for celebration and everybody's yelling and screaming in the facility and all that good stuff. By the way, good for the players. Get your check. You deserve it. Or, you know, if somebody wants to pay you. I'm. A, if you learn anything from the live golf conversation, I'm a capitalist. Somebody wants to pay you something, take the money as long as you're comfortable, whatever. So I bring it up because that was one of the first huge NIL deals and across the board. And this is great. And everybody's getting a cut of the pie and whatever. Well, I bring it up because there have been some interesting developments since then. One, to start this football season, so 2022, so last fall, it went from everybody's getting paid to BYU players will now get a percentage, 15% of all proceeds of one specific bar that was, you know, whatever. And so why I bring it up is because over the last three to four, probably about 10 days, probably about 10 days, There has been multiple reports out of Utah that BYU players are not getting paid and they've put up social media posts and everybody's mad. And the owner of the company has had to come out and say, listen, I'm going to give you guys a little bit extra this month, but I, 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 and I think the exact words that he used were I'm upset and hurt by these accusations, but it's clear that there's a big disconnect between BYU football, the owner of the company And it's clear that they don't feel like they're getting paid and they're not getting their end of the bargain. Why that's interesting is because it comes on the heels of a very similar situation at Michigan State. This was another thing that happened right at the onset of NIL. There was a company owned by a Michigan State alum who we're going to talk about in a minute. The company is called United Wholesale Mortgage. And at the start of NIL, the fall of 2021, they put out a deal where all Michigan, all Michigan State football players and men's basketball players were going to enter into an agreement where for some small social media posts, they could earn up to $700 a month. Great deal for the players. Shout out to them. Make your money, whatever. Again, the story evolved this fall when women's basketball and women's volleyball We're giving the same deal. Post this, post that, you get up to $700 a month. Why do I bring it up? Well, this was kind of the impetuous for the entire segment that I'm doing right now because on Tuesday, United Wholesale Mortgage announced that they are ending their partnership with Michigan State. Just like that, $700 that was in your pocket yesterday is out today. Now, this one's a little bit different. I'll try to be quick. But United Wholesale Mortgage is owned by a Michigan State alum named Matt Ishbia. And if that name sounds familiar, it is because he is the dude that just recently played $4 billion for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Phoenix Mercury. And so he's claiming that the NBA or someone in pro sports basically feels like it's a conflict of interest for him to be paying college students while also paying NBA players. Now, I would argue, I would argue, If he cared about Michigan, I would argue that if he wanted to and if he was financially able to, he could probably continue the the relationship with football, with volleyball, with other sports. I understand where it'd be a conflict of interest for basketball. But I bring it up because I get it. He has other financial responsibilities. But you look at the evolution. You look at these two stories essentially ending, either ending or not in a good place at the same week. And it really is making me start to think, that the bubble of NIL money is really about to burst. Now, to be clear, I don't think everybody's going broke tomorrow. But what I do think is starting to happen, this is kind of the thesis that I want to get to. 
is first off, the first year and a half, two years, everybody's just trying to figure out what NIL is, how it works. And again, we started with like the one-off deals where you show up here and you sign this and you get 500 bucks. And then it evolved into kind of these team-wide deals, the ones that I just talked about. And then the collectives got involved and it has continued to evolve from there. Why I bring it up though, is because I do think these two specific stories to me are a sign of where NIL is going to come and where it's going to go. And I believe we're getting to a point where I think we're going to have a little bit of a class system when it comes to NIL. Now to be clear, I don't think anybody's, I don't think we're ever going back to the days where like you read stories about players that can't get a hamburger on a Saturday night. Those days are done. But I do think these companies are starting to get smarter. I think they're starting to realize value. I think they're starting to spend their money wiser. And I think we're going to look at NIL a little bit different over the next couple of years. Like I said, I think we're heading towards a system where there will be classes of athletes in a locker room. And that, you know, that's, that's like the pros, right? NFL quarterback gets this O-line gets that corners get this. And then down the list, you know, whatever this guy gets the least amount of money, probably the running back. But I bring it up because the way I see this kind of going in college, and I think these two stories are reflective of that, is as follows. I think there's going to be the elite of the elite of the elite that everybody knows that gets huge money. Like a Caleb Williams this year or Bryce Young last year. Everybody knows who they are, won the Heisman Trophy, played in front of tens of millions of fans. And those guys are going to be very well taken care of. They're going to have great agencies behind them. They're going to have senior people negotiating high leverage deals for them. I can tell you right now, I heard some stuff about Caleb Williams over these last couple of weeks. Nothing illegal. This is the NIL world. But that guy is living very good, and he should. He's more high profile than probably most NFL players at this point and some NFL quarterbacks. Not all, but some. From there, that's where I think it starts to get interesting. I think what we're going to see and what we're already starting to see is the best players on good teams – that the local people know will be taken care of by collectives, right? Like, like it's interesting. I don't think Caleb Williams is of int- like like USC's collective doesn't have to worry about Caleb Williams because Caleb Williams has probably a deal with Beats by Dre and this company and that company and whatever. It's the same across board. UConn, UConn's most high profile athlete is probably Paige Beckers, the most prominent women's basketball player in America, maybe outside of Angel Reese. Well. Paige Beckers, she has agents, so she's all set. What I think that next tier is going to be is those star players that are locally known, and that's who the collectives are going to take care of. So you look at, I'm trying to think of in college football, right? Uh, you know, like like I'm trying to think, like like so. Okay, Penn State, Penn State has a star running back named Nick Singleton, rushed for a thousand yards as a true freshman last year. I don't know that the average fan knows Nick Singleton, and I don't know that the big brands, the Beats by Dre, the whatever, are going to want to work with him. But Penn State knows his value in that community, and I think he's the type of guy that is going to be taken care of so he doesn't enter the transfer port. If you want to go to basketball, maybe a Donovan Klingon, the UConn freshman star. Those guys are going to be very well taken care of, but then after that, I think that that's where the money's going to, going to, going to dry up. And I think these two stories this week are very indicative of that. And the reason being is pretty straightforward. First off, there isn't like an unlimited supply of money, even at the biggest schools, the best programs, whatever. You look at, I'll give you a quick example. I was talking to a buddy of mine who 
covers a major SEC program. Not going to tell you which one, not going to tell you what buddy, but you can figure it out. There's like four or five that are just a different class of program than everybody else. And he was telling me that he's a golfing buddy with one of the biggest boosters the school has, a guy that in his words, he doesn't quite have a billion dollars with a B, but he's pretty darn close. And what my buddy was telling me was like, dude, Torres, you would not believe this guy gets hit up nonstop every single day about something. Maybe not every single day, but you get the point. It's about NIL. It's about facilities. It's about resources. It's about this. It's about that. We need this. We need that. We need new this. And our defensive coordinators, you know, going to go somewhere else. And his buddy's like, dude, I love my school. I want to help. But even with me, there's a limit to what I can do. And so you have that element, which is what I think happened at BYU and what I think happened at Michigan State. Like the Michigan State guy is just like, I just paid $4 billion for something else. You can't be dropping cash on this random, you know, volleyball player. I'm sure, she's great. And that's where I think this is also going as well. Is I think at the beginning of NIL, it was the noble, cool thing to do. To just, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that every last guy on that football team gets at least something. Even the, the 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 smallest level walk-ons, and I'm gonna make sure that this non-scholar, you know, this 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 Olympic sport. And what I think everybody is realizing is it's like any other business. Nobility is cool. Actually, getting a return on your investment is even better. You know, there's a great saying in the movie The Wolf of Wall Street: "There's no nobility in poverty. There's no nobility in paying." You know, the starting quarterback, the same as 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 the 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 walk-on tight end. And that's where this is going, in my opinion. It sounded great for Michigan State, BYU, fill in the blank to take care of every guy, but it doesn't really make sense. I did some back some quick back of the envelope math on the Michigan State situation. If every Michigan State football player, basketball player, women's basketball player, and volleyball player was getting seven hundred a month, that's like ten million dollars a year. And if you got it, that's awesome. But for $10 million a year, you can probably get the two or three most prominent Michigan State athletes, could pay them 150 k get the same return on investment for a fraction of the cost. And maybe it's not 150 k Maybe it's bigger. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. But these two stories to me really do seem to indicate think we're hitting a bubble in college sports with this NIL stuff. The really good players are going to get taken care of. The elite of the elite are going to have national deals. And I think if you play football at Georgia or Alabama, you're going to get something. But I don't think it's going to stay like this forever. And if you're at the end of the bench, you better make sure you're creating value for yourself because I do think this bubble is about to burst. I just want to do take a quick break. And when I come back, going to talk promise we're not going to talk big 12 realignment but there was an interesting story that came out that on tuesday that if uconn leaves for the big 12 that dan hurley might leave too because he's not happy take a quick break talk about that that's coming up next Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Now I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. And I do want to go ahead and wrap with a story that's kind of related to something that we've talked about quite a bit here over the last couple of weeks, but not totally related. And that is Big 12 expansion. And so I've had a lot of you ask me about Big 12 expansion. A lot of new articles have come out, a lot of new information. But I'm not going to talk about Big 12 expansion today for this simple reason. Most everything that's coming out is stuff that I've already told you. I already told you all this stuff last week, a few weeks ago, and on Monday's episode of the Aaron Torres Pod. So we're getting all these new reports. All that's happening is all of these big J's are doing their homework that I was doing two weeks ago. Some of these reports, by the way, are absurd. Like I saw this report from Brett McMurphy, who I think is generally pretty good, but this was absurd. He actually tweeted this out uh, on Tuesday afternoon. He said, Big 12 coaches in favor of adding UConn to Big 12, sources told Action Network HQ. UConn, quote-unquote, in the mix as an all-sports addition to the Big 12, sources said. Okay, I'm here to tell you, that's not a report. That's not a report, and let me tell you why. It is because coaches have zero say in anything. The people that are making these decisions, the conference commissioner and the school president, that's the entire list. Scott Drew has no say in who's coming to the Big 12. TJ Otzelberger, the Iowa State coach, has no say in who's coming to the Big 12. Jerome Tang, who's a great basketball coach, has no say in who's coming to the Big 12. Bill Self, who is one of the greats all time, has no say in who's coming to the Big 12. For a reporter to put out basketball coaches in favor of X, that is like me saying, sources told Aaron Torres Media, that Aaron Torres is in favor of the red couch or the blue couch for his home redesign, for his living room redesign. No, 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 no. I have a wife. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's the one that calls the shots on the home design, okay? I have zero say, and I'm not going to pretend that I do, and Scott Drew has zero say in what is going on in the Big 12. So that's not a real report, okay? But there was, I don't even know where I went off on that tangent, but there was a real report that did come out Uh, From Dennis Dodd, he did a good job, CBS Sports, of kind of digging through the dollars and cents of everything. But within that report, there was one very interesting line that got a lot of UConn fans worried and had several UConn fans reaching out to me saying, Torres, do you think there's any truth to this? That line was in regards to Dan Hurley, the UConn basketball coach. 
in the article from Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, there's a line that says the Big East has regained a lot of its old swagger and respect because UConn is a member. With Georgetown, Ed Cooley, and St. John's Rick Pitino adding significant coaches this offseason, the league has gotten even stronger. One veteran, Big East source, even suggested a move to the Big 12 would not only enable suitors to come after Dan Hurley, UConn head coach, but the coach might even begin looking elsewhere himself. So how do you? a lot of UConn fans hit me up and ask me about this. They said, Torres, is there any way UConn could somehow lose Dan Hurley if they go to the Big 12? Is he against the move to the Big 12? Well, what I am here to tell you is this. From my understanding, not only is that report complete hogwash, first of all, you should know it's hogwash because it says one veteran biggie source was the one who gave you that information. Well, guess what? You know who doesn't want UConn to leave? The entire Big East. But beyond that, what I would also say is this. Not only do I I believe that that is not factually correct, I actually think it's the exact opposite. I believe that Dan Hurley is one of the people that is most comfortable. I don't know that he's necessarily, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. I don't know that he's pushing for it, but I think as I've discussed many times on this show, he understands why it has to be done. And it's a few reasons why I think he is in favor of this. First of all, you need to understand this. And first of all, let me let, let, let me put one thing out there, okay? There is a code that one man never talks about another man's money, right? That's the bro code. That's the street code. You just don't talk about another man's money. But I am comfortable and I am confident saying that Dan Hurley was one of the most underpaid people maybe in the history of college sports this year, okay? Because in the modern era of college sports, before you ever even accomplish anything, you get a huge contract. Mel Tucker got $100 million for almost, you know, for finishing 11-2 and two and getting destroyed by Ohio State. Dan Hurley this past year, if you go ahead and look at the numbers, Dan Hurley, according to an article from Front Office Sports, made $2.9 million this year. That's great money for 99.99999% of people. It is also half of what Rick Barnes made this year. Half of what Tom Izzo made this year. I don't want to say it's a third, but maybe about 60% less than what John Calipari made this year to lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And so why Dan Hurley wouldn't be looking for another job? It's actually the exact opposite. We have talked about this. UConn won't be able to afford to pay Dan Hurley his market value if they stay in the Big East. Dan Hurley should be a $6 million a year head coach based on the market. That's about what Bill Self makes. That's about what Tom Izzo makes. Rick Barnes makes that much money. Dan Hurley's obviously done more than Rick Barnes in his short time at UConn. And so it's actually the exact opposite. If UConn stays in the Big East, where are they going to come up with the money to pay Dan Hurley $6 million a year? When you're making $10 million a year and you got to pay Gino Oriema three and you got to pay Jim Mora and you got to pay uh, Jim Penders, the baseball coach, and oh, by the way, you got assistant coaches and facilities and this and that. You think Dan Hurley is not in favor of it? No, Dan Hurley should and will get a sizable raise. And from, you know, like his perspective, like the only way to do it is to make way more money in TV money. But listen, I'm not going to claim that I know Dan Hurley. I, I think I know enough people around him and enough people around UConn to feel confident saying that he is in favor of the move. And why I think he's in favor of the move is for this reason. It's for this reason specifically. It is because I think Dan Hurley understands 
what I have talked about many times on this show. The Big 12 is the only way to guarantee that UConn continues to compete at the highest level. And this is something that I've talked about a lot on this show, okay? I've been around college sports for a long time. And the one thing I can tell you is that, frankly, college basketball and football coaches, and I'm sure it's tennis and golf and whatever, equestrian, I'm sure it's all the same. Every guy and girl, they worry about a lot of stuff. But the one thing that they worry about the most, more than anything, is this. Is my school, is my job giving me every single thing I need to compete at the highest level? Think about it. Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame for 10 years. But at some point he realized there's a ceiling to what I can do at a Catholic school in the middle of Indiana that we can't get in a lot of kids that Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia can get in. So he went to LSU. Nick Saban, why do you think he's so scared about NIL? Because he doesn't believe he is on a a, a fair playing field with Texas A&M and Texas and USC and some other schools. Is that fair? Is it not? I don't know. But that is what Nick Saban is worried about. We talked about this. I remember talking about this with Lane Kiffin when he considered the Auburn job last year. People said, why would he go to Auburn? Auburn's like the same job as Ole Miss. No. Auburn has better facilities. Auburn has more money. Auburn has a bigger collective. Auburn has competed for championships. So Lane Kiffin, when he thought about that job, he's sitting there thinking, you know what? If I'm going to go head-to-head with Brian Kelly and Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, I want to have every advantage they do. And so for UConn to continue to be able to compete at the highest level, with Kansas, with Kentucky, with North Carolina, with the biggest brands in college basketball. You can't do it on that $10 million a year Big East deal. You can't pay your head coach what he's worth, pay your assistants what they're worth, make sure you're on par with everybody in NIL, fly private, stay at the best hotels, eat the best meals, have the best strength and conditioning coach. That all costs money. And so for you kind of do that, you can't do it on $10 million a year in the Big East. You know what you can do it on? 30 or 35 or $40 million a year in the Big 12. You know what you can't do is stay in the Big East and be making a fifth of the money that the Big 12 is making. A seventh of the money. Think about it. In three, four, five years, everyone in the Big 10, UCLA, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, are going to be making $70 million a year in revenue just from TV. And so if you're UConn, you can't afford to fall behind. And my understanding is that Dan Hurley knows that. So I could go on and on. But I am here to tell you with fairly big certainty. That was a bunch of nonsense from Dennis Dodd. I thought the Dennis Dodd article was actually very good. But when you start quoting veteran Big E sources, you know who's worried? That veteran Big E source. He's worried about the biggest cash cow in that league, men's basketball, women's basketball, leaving and the league falling behind because of it. That said, wow, what a fiery segment. What a fiery episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. I haven't been that fired up about stuff in a long time. So with that said, it is time for me to get out of here. Before we do, I want to make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, please make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead and give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. 
AaronTorresPodcastQuestions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. By the way, make sure you subscribe down YouTube as well. Do your boy a favor. Do your boy a solid. We're trying to get to 30K before the start of football season. Make sure you subscribe down YouTube. And let me wrap by saying this. Again, I mentioned it off the top. The schedule is a little fluid. We're going to try to do a mailbag on Thursday. If you have any questions for the show, make sure to send them to Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. And then Friday, we'll probably do some NBA draft stuff. But that's all for today's show. I'm going to get out of here. Shout out to Torquay. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. You FN unblock me, bro. I'll be back on tomorrow, probably. New episode, Aaron Torres Pod. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.